0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the Locked on Phillies podcast. My name is Dan Wilson, and on today's episode, part two of my conversation with WIP evening host Joe Giglio. We discussed a number of things, including JT Real Muto, which I actually had to split right in the middle. So coming out of my intro here, it's a continuation of a discussion about the Phillies catcher from last season. How much is too much to resign him? Will he even be in a Phillies uniform? in 2021. We discussed that and a whole lot more. So once again, I present to you part two of my interview with Joe Gilio I'd be all in on four years, hundred million. I entirely agree with you. I think it's the years for someone like that. And I'd even front load the contract if that's what he's looking for. The years is what's really concerning, especially if you don't know, like if you have him for six years and there's no designated hitter, like, what are you doing? You're going to, you know, catch him for by the time he's age 34, like half the season and God knows who will be the other catcher on the Phillies at that point. I just don't think it makes any sense. Even four years, you're probably punting the last year or two, but at least you're somewhat pretending like you want to keep this guy around just because the commitment to winning, in my opinion, has not – like you have the prime of Bryce Harper right now. You have the prime of Aaron Nola. You have the prime of Alec Bohm, You have the prime of Reese Hoskins and they seemingly are kind of just taking their time in terms of actually putting a good team on the field with moves like bringing back Vince Velasquez next year.
1: Yeah, well, the other thing, quickly to throw in on the DH with Real Muto, this is, I mean, Joe Girardi knows this. The Yankees kind of ran into this at the end of Girardi's tenure. Like, yes, the DH, let's say it's there, right? That that helps the idea of re-signing JT. But, you know, Bryce is not getting any younger. He's going to need DH days as time goes on, assuming they keep Reese Hoskins around. He's probably going to be best to be a DH as years go on. So, like, you, you can only have one guy every night. That's the DH. And the Yankees, you know, towards that end of uh, middle of Girardi's tenure, they had all those old guys, right? It was A-Rod. It was Teixeira who was breaking down. It was Johnny Damon. Like, every Posada, day. yeah. yeah. But yeah, right, Pesadic, right? They had a, rotate, a good point with the catcher. He had to figure out, like, every day, like, okay, who am I giving the blow to today because they're all old, right? So, it, it's if too many of those guys. The DH is – it's it helps, but – you know, you can't just give the full-time DH to one of them. And as far as, yeah, kind of like this window they have, that's the Phillies' biggest issue is they, they've botched their, wi- their window, right? It's almost like in 2019, they thought their window was open and then it, like, smacked them in the face it really wasn't. And it's I, I still don't really think it's open. Like, to, to win a championship, it's not. So you have one of two paths. You either keep spending money and try to artificially open it, right, like go sign Trevor Bauer or whatever, and just go for it with the best you, you have or you kind of take a step back and you say, all right, we're not there. Let's build this the right way. But then, like you mentioned with Bryce, you're basically wasting the best of Bryce Harper and the best of Aaron Nola. It's like, you know, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't now.
0: I had a debate uh, a few days ago on this podcast, and I actually wanted to get your spin on it. And it's something we can open this conversation up to where the Eagles are right now. Was it actually better that the Phillies – missed the playoffs because it more likely got Klintak to step down and maybe just maybe they'll look themselves in the face and say we need to make changes and where are you at with the Eagles right now like would they actually be better served getting into the playoffs and getting smacked in the first round or if they miss are they more likely to be front office or structural changes
1: yeah it's a it's a great debate um I think the Phillies one was more significant because I I think it did spur change I I think the Eagles probably are smart enough, pragmatic enough, that even if they win the East with six wins, I still think they'll they'll make some changes if, if they think they should, which they should. Um, but I think the Phillies needed it. Like the Phillies, like, you know, if we don't, we don't. Like, there, there was a, a a smugness to the Phillies. Like, they thought they knew what they were doing, um, from Klintak to McPhail. And, and I think Middleton just, like, went along with it. Like, yeah, my guys know what they're doing. And I think making the playoffs – even, you know, like being the eighth seed at 30 and 30 and getting smacked by the Dodgers, I think it probably would have saved Klentak. You know, they probably would have convinced themselves that this thing is heading in the right direction. See, we got over the hump this year. We played well the last week of the season. I I think it was best for them that they didn't because like, they can't hide from it now. Like there's no more like, Oh, it was Gabe Kapler's fault. We we collapsed in September. No, it's, it's your depth's fault, right? You don't have pitching depth that can survive the, the rigors of the biggest games. Like that's, that's the problem, Phillies. Like, they, I, they can't ignore that anymore. I, I think it's best they missed, even though it would have been fun to watch some playoff baseball.
0: They didn't have pitching depth to survive a 60-game season. Forget, right. 100, for, forget 162. And the other part you didn't throw in there is they missed the playoffs in an expanded playoff format. Like, they're not it's even close in a regular year.
1: Yeah, no, it, it, it was actually – it's embarrassing. Like, to have a payroll they did, to have some of the star players they obviously have with Bryce and – JT and, and Nola and, and to miss the playoffs in an 18 field. Like it's like someone had to get fired. Like they all should have got fired, but yeah, it's like, we'll, we'll talk about this for a while. Unless they turn this around and start winning now, like this is going to be the moment we realize, oh, they botched the rebuild. They couldn't make the playoffs you know in 2020.
0: Yeah. And in terms of your pitching depth, like I said, you couldn't even survive a full season. Do they will they even have it in 2021 or years going forward? We don't know what the owner's wealth is at this standpoint. And it's leading to, you mentioned, if we don't, we don't, I'll ask you to rank these three quotes in terms of embarrassing level. And they're all from the Phillies front office in the past two or so years. If we don't, we don't, no one wants to uproot during a pandemic. And what was the third one that, Oh, and I don't even touch the bullpen decisions, which aged just so gracefully throughout 2020.
1: So my favorite one is Middleton because I love to read Middleton, Uh, but I have to rank if we don't, we don't want, because I mean, that was, to me, it's, it's the most egregious thing a general manager in this town has said in, I mean, for a, a long time, like who the hell is Andy McPhail to say, if we don't like, we're, you know, we're the Phillies. If we don't make it this year, whatever. I mean, my goodness, you've never, you haven't made the playoffs since 2011. If we don't, we don't like, as if, like, the hubris to say that, like, that's something I don't even think Brian Cashman would say it on record. But, like, say you're off the record with Brian Cashman, Yankees general manager, or Theo Epstein, right? And when he was still running the Cubs a few weeks ago. And they said it to you, like, hey, like, whatever. We don't make it this year. We don't. You get it, right? They always make the playoffs. They're always good. And it's it's pretty reasonable. Like, well, okay, one year. But for anyone to say that, was well, just insane. So I'll put that one. Um... And then I'll put Middleton too. What was the third one? The
0: third one who wants to uproot during a pandemic. Oh,
1: oh yeah. That, I mean, that one, we're getting a lot of run right now. I think that's still three, but um, if they don't hire anyone throughout this entire off season, we, we might have to circle back and, and bump that one up, but I'll put that three. I'll, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go McPhail, Middleton, and then McPhail, But the, just the Phillies should never talk in public. It's just that, not good.
0: That's a really straight, yeah, you're right. They, talk rarely and when they do you, you're on the edge of your seat because you know something great is coming from it not actually great but funny and ridiculous the no one wants to uproot during a pandemic i think what i i i don't disagree with your rankings i don't think you can go wrong in any particular order but the fact that it came two days after the sixers hired daryl morey like contextually makes it in my opinion actually the funniest like
1: it, well, it, yeah no it's it's hilarious and my, my favorite part is like and we see this all the time, Tim. teams lie, GMs lie. It's, it's part of the gig, right? They can't tell us everything that they're truly thinking because then everyone will lose their mind and it'll be bad for the team and business. But I always thought, and I'm not a good liar. So I, I try not to lie much because I'm not good at it. But like, if, if you're going to be a liar or you're going to be a GM or a coach, you got to have to be at least license. You better be good at it. And the funniest thing I've noticed over the past five years here in, in this city we have a lot of bad liars in, in high positions. Like Doug Peterson, is horrible the worst liar. Liar. horrible. Yeah. Like he, he just, he can't do it. Howie Roseman thinks he's good at it. Like when he tried to explain the Jalen hurts pick for two weeks. And I mean, like, come on, like no one bought that. And, and McPhail, I, I think, I think he thinks he's pretty good at it, but I mean, Andy, let, let's be real. You don't want to hire anyone. Cause the middle owner doesn't want to pay anyone right now. And it's not about up during a pandemic and like, The whole excuse of, well, what are we supposed to do? Have interviews on Zoom? Yeah, right? That's what everyone else in the world is doing right now. It's not that hard. Like, what are you talking about, Andy?
0: More of the Locked on Phillies podcast coming right up. But first, I want to tell you about my friends at Built Bar. Built Bar, they have 18 amazing flavors. It's the bar that tastes like a candy bar. I have one almost every single day. These are delicious. Again, they have 18 flavors. Some of them are great. My personal favorite cookies and cream. They also have caramel brownie, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. And of course, their classics raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, double chocolate, orange, coconut, and a whole lot more. The best part about these, they are healthy. They are great for the health conscious guy or girl. They will help you lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low in calories, low in sugar. High in fiber, high in protein. So, right now, I want you to go to www.builtbar.com. Use the promo code Locked On, so they know I sent you, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, go to www.builtbar.com. Use the promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you'll get 20% off your next order. I I just don't understand. Like, you have a show every night. You obviously prepare for it. I'm recording this podcast right now I prepare for it any type of regular job interview you would prepare for when someone of that magnitude goes out and speaks into the public like don't you prepare some notes at least so you don't say ridiculous things and just you know look like an ass essentially
1: yeah I I, you know what I I think these guys think and they are smart people right like they're they're smart in their field obviously Middleton is a great businessman I think they just think they're smart and they can wing it but Maybe it's maybe it's a credit to the the media here in this city. I I always say Boston, Philadelphia, and New York. Like you,
0: you they're can't, built different. Yeah,
1: yeah. You can't be asked the media here. Like my favorite thing with the Phillies the last couple of years is is when they're having these press conferences, whether in person, you know, in back when the world was normal, or now with zooms. My favorite part is always eventually when Howard Esken gets his question in because they can't beat him. Right. Like they, they, they think they could like get that. He just like, he's like a pit bull and he, him versus, uh, him versus McPhail is great. Him versus Klintak was amazing. Like, it's like, the, he always exposes their nonsense.
0: Him versus Charlie Manuel was, you got himself thrown yes. out. Right. And, uh, and Daryl Morey was prepped on him. Like he was very, he was prepped, ready to go. He called him out for being basically being politically correct, but I thought he still at least handled himself at least. It, I mean, it was day one. So It You know, you're kind of answering questions for why you took the job and why the people before you were bad at it. So you have to at least be somewhat graceful about it. I guess it's a little bit harder when you're defending your own decisions. But nevertheless, like at least they prepped them for it. They were ready to go. And that was an organization that three months ago we thought they were the most incompetent in all of sports. Right now, if you're the rank, the sports owners in Philadelphia, like Milton's got to be four, right?
1: Yes, uh, he does. And, I mean, him and Josh Harris were pretty even for a while, but Josh obviously stepped up here and, and hired some good people this offseason, so he moves ahead. I mean, Middleton's last, uh, and and that's a shame because a few years ago, like, people thought he was going to be this generation's George Steinbrenner and, and kind of be that maverick owner that would do anything it takes to win, and it's just – it's not going well. And and he he's – I haven't seen an owner lose this much faith from fans in a while where – People loved him. Like the day they signed Harper, when he took his jet out to Las Vegas that February night, to, to where we are now. It's it's been a big fall for him.
0: Well, we we know he only touches the big decisions. Like he doesn't, you know, really care about what the bullpen looks like. Like he just feels like a guy to me who he like talks the talk. Will spend the money if it, if a guy like Bryce who sells jerseys and puts butts in the seats, but actually making the team better. Like the guy doesn't have any clue of what he's doing.
1: Yeah, and I don't think he like gets it right. Like like the way he talked about that whole Bryce and like. This makes us, helps us reach our strategic objective. Like, yes, obviously, Bryce Harper helps you be a better team and, and have a better chance to win, but you need a lot of players to win. Like, it's not like,
0: like, it's not basketball. It's, you can't just sign LeBron exactly. James, you know.
1: Even Mike Trout, right? It's baseball. Like, you need a lot to win. And, and I, he obviously didn't get that, or, you know, hopefully he gets it now.
0: Yeah. Mike Trout has three career playoff games and they got swept. Like,
1: they lost he, them all, right? He's, they yeah, lost them all. It's not, like you said, bat. Le- you get LeBron, you're going to win a title. You get Mike Trout, you're not. You get Bryce Harper, you're not even going to be 500.
0: It's just how it works. I'll get you out of here on this. And, again, thank you for your time today. So I had Fritz on the podcast uh, a few weeks ago, and I'm obviously a big fan of the art of the take. Do you have any takes you've been working on, ones you've either recently debuted, do not have? It could be sports or otherwise.
1: Um, Let me see. Um. I don't have a non we haven't done an episode in a while, so I don't have a non-sports take that I'm ready to throw out there. But I will, I'll leave you with this one. Um, I'll give you a Philly say, because we'll, we'll end with this. Uh, th- there is an, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word. Th- there is a scary, maybe? There's a scary similarity that I see, and I hope it doesn't end the same way. Because we're talking about Middleton and, and Bryce Harper. There's a scary similarity to Alex Rodriguez and Tom Hicks in in the early 2000s to, to John Middleton and a, and Bryce Harper right now, in that it was an owner on a team that was historically just kind of blah, right? Just the Phillies haven't been a great franchise. The Rangers never were. Uh, an owner that wanted to get the big star, talked the big talk, spent the money. And then a couple of years later, the team just couldn't win with him. And A-Rod begged, begged out of Texas. I mean, he, he offered to give $30 million back to get to the Red Sox for the Players Association was like, no, you're not allowed to do that. And then the Yankees swept in and, and they traded for him. And and Dan, I would not be surprised if this thing doesn't turn around and JT doesn't come back. Like, I'm not going to be surprised when Bryce Harper and Scott Boris ask out of here in a year.
0: That That's what I was actually, I'll ask you, I lied. I got one more question for you because I've been asking this a lot too. Bryce Harper, was he, like, is he a guy that just cares about Money. I've always thought, at least publicly, he seems like he wants to win. Like, was he just sold a bag of goods, as you mentioned, that night in February in Vegas with John Middleton and their two spouses? Like, did he really not know what he was getting into? And he's if you had to predict now, like, does this contract even see itself out? At what point is he asking to get out if this team can't make the playoffs and they don't bring back, as we all know, his good friend and JT Real Muto?
1: Yeah, I I, I do think he wants to win, but I, I think like these players want to set the record, right? That was A-Rod. They, they, want, they want the money. I, I don't know if they think things through like we do, like, oh, this organization is historically not good. Maybe Klintax are not that good. Like, I think he was kind of sold a bag of goods and he's got his money now, right? They can't take that away from him, to, similar to A-Rod. So I think at some point, especially as he ages, winning is going to become more of a priority. It's part of his legacy. Like, he's probably going to hit 500 home runs no matter where he ends up playing so the hall of fame is is a, a distinct possibility still for his career but that ring like that's that's a big deal and I, I think it matters to him so i'm worried about it and i wouldn't be surprised in a year or two if this happens like my guess would be is when the new cba is signed right so like teams understand what financial aspects are is luxury tax is there a salary cap and you know his salary kind of teams can understand how much they value it i, I think that's Probably if this happens when Scott Boris, you know, makes that phone call to John Middleton and says, my guy wants out and, and the city of Philadelphia, either it, it, it's going to melt down. I think half the people will respect Bryce for wanting out of this mess, and half will turn him into a villain. It's going to be something else.
0: And you know, he is kind of a big name play. Like it, it would be more surprising if a guy like trout did this. Cause he doesn't seem as flashy. He's kind of more just, he stuck around in a team that has already been historically bad just cause he didn't even want to deal with, with that hype and he got two years in front of it bryce and a rod seem much more i don't know if type a is the way to describe them but flashy like more of a like jersey selling type of face of baseball so it almost makes more sense that they would cause a ruckus like could you ever see mike trout demanding out of the angels
1: no i mean i also i, I have the theory mike trout doesn't really care about winning that much like he likes baseball he likes hunting you know he just likes to hang out like like southern california I don't think he burns to win like, you know, Mookie Betts burns to win or, uh, you know, whoever like this, you know, you know, the guys over the years that you just feel like Jason Veritek, like they want
0: it. They want it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: They want. Yeah. I I don't think that's Trout. I, I do think it's probably gonna, and I don't think Trout cares that people like me think that, or other fans think that I think, I think, like you said, Bryce Harper's persona, like there's probably some insecurity there. Like a rod, like, Oh no, I have to win. Otherwise what would, people think of me when my career is over so i I I think that plays into it
0: yeah and the team i left just won. that makes it even worse
1: right away yeah so yeah i i do think it's part of it i i don't think bryce like dislikes it here would want to leave but i think at some point if they don't fix this you you just kind of see it coming like you just see that story one day popping where boris said bryce wants out and boy that would um it would be disappointing because it was so fun when they signed him.
0: It would be a fun day on WIP for sure. The, the trout thing. I, I never got like when people talk about athletes today, like especially older guys, like my dad, my grandpa, whatever, like, Oh, these guys don't want to win. I never got that sense of trout. I actually think he's a bit of an old soul. He might just be like too laid back and doesn't feel it's, you know, almost from like a politeness standpoint to like, he doesn't want to be labeled a guy who just demands to get out more so than players who just sign fat contracts and don't really care about winning. So, I kind of make that distinction. I don't know where you stand on that and the whole Mike Trout doesn't care about winning theory. But you're right. If he just sticks it out with the Angels for all this time, like even if he hits 700 home runs or he broke Hank Aaron's home run record, the guy never makes the postseason. Like, where does that leave your legacy?
1: Yeah, I mean it's pretty amazing because. I I have a theory that the average sports fan, like not maybe like you and I that love baseball and I'm you know watching West Coast games when I get home from work, like the average sports fan, I think outside of the All-Star game or when Mike Trout plays their team, right? Like, you know, when Doesn't Mike Trout him. comes to Boston, whatever. I don't think the average sports fan has ever watched Mike Trout play a full baseball game. Like, it's incredible. He's the best player of this generation. He might go down as one of the three or four greatest players to ever play. And I think the average sports fan in America – has probably never watched him play a game, other than when they play their team. It's 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 crazy, and it's because he doesn't play in the postseason. It because he doesn't
0: play the postseason. Is it a baseball marketing thing? Is it the fact that he plays on the West Coast? Yeah, it's so also
1: the West Coast, right? It, he plays at ten o'clock, and you know who's watching those games most part. It,
0: it I think it's a lot. It's a, a fair point, and it's unfortunately it speaks to that team aspect of like you know why the NBA continues to grow and why there's questions about baseball in 2020 because you can't possibly miss LeBron James ever knows what he looks like. Like Mike Trout's, if you saw him walking down the street, you might be like, yeah, hey, it's just a guy. He's not super tall. He's not, I mean, he's built obviously, but you might be like, all right, that's just like the guy who hits the gym. Not big, not big deal at all. Joe, thank oh, you. Uh, sorry, go ahead.
1: No, no, you're, well, you're right. I mean, LeBron James walks down the street. Everyone knows Mike Trout does. Yeah. It, maybe you and I know, but not, most people don't.
0: Yeah. I, M- Joe, thank you so much uh, for taking the time to join today. I know we went, Uh, a little long, but your insight always appreciated and uh, would obviously love to do this again at some point down the road.
1: You got it, Dan. Good luck with the podcast and anytime. Thank you. Have a good one. That'll do it for this week of Locked on Phillies. Have a great weekend, everyone. I'll talk to you next week.